to Church Matters Podcast, episode number eight for SGC Marlton here in New Jersey. I'm Jason Reyes, Associate Pastor here at Sovereign Grace Church, along with Warren Betcher, our very own Senior Pastor. How are you doing today, Warren? Very good. It's a great privilege to be here again. It really is. I mean, there's a lot going on, exciting things going on in the life of the church as well, and in some of the things that are going on in the world. I mean, we have coronavirus taking some major steps here, even in the United States. CDC just released some information. You have baseball that has gotten back to spring training and all the things that are going on with Houston Astros. And then yesterday, I don't know if you got a chance to catch any of the memorial service for Kobe, Bryant, and Gianna, but there's a lot going on, a lot to talk about. Any of those things that kind of stroke you a a little bit here that you want to go ahead and chime in on? Well, I didn't get to see the funeral, Okay. Uh, so certainly still the compassion for that family is great. And the other thing, so much of the world changes, it's good we have a constant God. Yep. That He is unchanging in the midst of a changing and unstable world. Sickness and disease is all part of it. Certainly doesn't mean that as Christians we're not called to take precautions, but at the same time we are called to trust the Lord, you know, and all these things. And and see these as an opportunity for vehicles or a means, you know, mm-hmm. for the gospel to go forth. And so obviously we do pray for those in China, yep. right? For the church, especially yep. in China, that they are representing the Lord well, yeah. you know, in, in yeah. all that's going on and that people are taking a notice. Well, listen, this past week, we just had our eighth message. It's hard to believe that our series is almost coming to an end. What's mm-hmm. love got to do with it? And this one was on forgiving love, especially Ephesians 4.32. And, and just for a review, Ephesians 4.32 I know you have this memorized, but I'll just go ahead and quote it to you anyways. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. As Andrew preached this past week, I want to just ask you, what is this call to forgive that Paul gives to the church in Ephesus and ultimately the Lord has preserved for us today in 2020? What is this call to forgive founded upon and why does that matter? It's founded upon Christ's forgiveness of us. Mm. So what the verse has is, is the foundation. And it's important for us so that forgiveness doesn't become a mere ethic because we can just live with, we should forgive people for their good or for our good. It can just be completely horizontal. Right, right. And therefore it just becomes, it's a good moral imperative, mm-hmm. but it's only a moral imperative. And moralism is not the friend of the gospel. Uh, so this is all grounded in Christ's forgiveness of us. All right, let's stop real quick. Yes. What do you mean moralism is not a friend of the gospel real quick? So moral behavior, you can live a good moral ethical life and yet not understand the grace of God, nor your your need for the grace of God. Oh, that's good. We can think about eternity and what's our basis for heaven. You might say, well, there are good people. And if you only think in good people that do good things, you're missing the gospel. Right. And the reality is we've all fallen short of the glory of God. That's right. There is a just penalty for that. God sent his son to die for us. So our sin cost God his mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, it's always serious. So, anytime we move to just behavior, we're missing the gospel. The gospel is always got to be behind our behavior, the foundation of our behavior. Uh, so, certainly, there is behavior that flows from the gospel. It's right. not the foundation of the gospel. Right. Really good distinction. So, what does it look like in your life to remember God's big-hearted, forgiving love towards you on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. You know, because if that is to be the motivating factor in terms of your forgiveness of others. Yeah, I'd like to say it doesn't take much because every day I'm in need of that forgiveness. But the reality is I do forget. So I can be tempted to self-righteousness at any moment with anyone. So this isn't just the world that you can look at the world and say, how are they doing that? Actually, that's not a temptation because uh, I understand without God and without scripture, we would all be blind. But I do think that we can drift from it. Right. So I can drift in, in self-righteousness or unforgiveness and bitterness. Like, do you have daily practice or or anything like that that you do to consciously remember? Because we are creatures that are prone to forget, you know, and to drift from it. 
I think God's kind. So I think confession That's is good. a daily practice of just confessing my sins, mm-hmm. which means I need the Spirit to help me be aware of those sins. Uh-huh. I think a series that we've been in, how that helps me, God's Word is our plumb line. Right. It's our truth meter in a sense. It shows me, I think in the series, I've just seen myself over and over again. There's ways I'm loveless. So I can be loveless with my wife during the week. There's an inconvenient conversation or a challenging conversation. In that conversation, I can have the thoughts, stated or unstated, I don't want this conversation. Unstated, my wife doesn't know, Kim doesn't know. Unstated, God still knows. Mm -hmm. What's been kind of the Lord in the series is he's caught me on that. And he's just whispered, you are loveless right now. Mm. In this moment, you are being loveless. That takes me back to it's God's kindness to reveal my heart, to rescue my heart. It takes me back to the forgiveness of God. So in that moment, it doesn't lead to condemnation of how could you do that? It takes me back to Jesus died for that. And then that actually brings joy. So now when I change, it's fueled by I've been forgiven. Therefore, that now informs how I should either forgive, how I should be patient, forbearing, because God has been endlessly forbearing and patient with me and endlessly forgiving of me. Oh, that's good, Mark. So I think confession mm-hmm. is not just confession. It's, Lord, help me be aware in those moments. Right. And I think apart from God's word being spoken, apart from applying God's word from a Sunday message, I wouldn't be aware of those right. things. Right. So actually, I'm more aware of ways I'm loveless through the series the ways I'm excelling in loving. Right. But there's a rescuing grace. There's a rescuing grace in that. So yeah. it's never been a condemnation. It's been an adjustment from God. It's been a pay attention. It's almost like the alarms are going off. And when the alarms go off, pay attention. But that's rescuing. So that actually increases my affections for Christ and my appreciation of the cross. Do you find, I know Andrew was talking about there may be certain ways that you find it difficult to extend forgiveness. And the reality is to extend forgiveness just by its nature is going to cost. Right. right. It's costly because just the nature of the gospel alone, mm-hmm. it cost Jesus to experience the full wrath of God for us. So that was costly. Right. You know, forgiveness. He's absorbing something in order to forgive us. We recognize just the fundamentals of forgiveness is meaning that it's costly. But are there certain areas or certain ways that you find in your own life that it's difficult to extend forgiveness? Are there certain categories for you that have emerged over time? Well, there's probably multiple categories, depending on life. We're complex people in that sense that we can have different motivations at different times, different vulnerabilities at different times. But I think a theme would be fairness, justice. And then, sadly, if my feelings get hurt. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh too hard. I mean, oh, Warren. Yeah, yeah. That's right. When my feelings get hurt, uh, that's harder to forgive. And feelings are hard to control. Uh, They're hard to get over. But I think it's when I have a perceived injustice or lack of fairness. There can be times of a lack of respect. That would have been a hook yeah. with my children. So you oh, yeah. your children hook your <laughs> idols. <laughs> well, I want respect. <laughs> then my children didn't re- uh, respect or appreciate yep. all the efforts I was putting into Absolutely. something. So it was after an hour conversation of patience, love, forbearance, and profound wisdom offered. <laughs> of course. That they then said, you don't care for me. <laughs> and at that point, the idol of appreciation yeah. would get hooked. And then what came out was anger. 
it's so easy to see bitterness yes. result, you know, so I'm going to withdraw from this person, even yep. from your own children, because when our idols get hooked. But it is interesting to note that there are certain categories that can be right. more tempting to us right. than others in terms of extending forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and those are the things to really keep track of, right? I mean, right. and it's the Holy Spirit's mercy mm-hmm. you know, to reveal these categories. Mm-hmm. And just for the benefit of our listeners that may not be aware of any idol talk, and idol meaning I-D-O-L, not mm-hmm. I-D-L. L-E, mm-hmm. although that might be functioning too. But idol talk, what do you mean by idolatry? Often, it's a good desire that you want too much. Obviously, idols, it's worshiping something, putting your trust, affections in something. This is what means mm-hmm. life to you at that moment. Right, I have God. So for me, it's just desiring the right thing, maybe just way too much. So do I desire peace, conflict resolution? Yes, I desire those things. What happens when I don't get those things? And that's when the idol gets hooked. So even desire for reconciliation can be a great desire. It's a biblical desire. It's a biblical ethic. And it comes from the gospel. God reconciles sinners back to himself. That idea, we want to be reconciled. But what happens when that's elusive? And then what happens when it's elusive and you believe it's someone else's fault? That you've done your part and that's where you can withdraw forgiveness. Like I've asked for forgiveness for my part. You don't see your part and now things become cold again. And we see our forgiveness even there gets tested. So I think that's what I mean by idols, that desire. You you might want a good thing. You just want it too much. Right. So peace, reconciliation, relaxation, there's there's many things. But respect, it's not wrong to give respect, but what happens when I don't get that? And what happens in my heart? So functions in a relationship, so it functions in my marriage. And this is not historical. This is not like well, in our early days of marriage. This was last week in an inconvenient conversation in what may be an unfair conversation. Mm-hmm. So where I struggle is when... It's one thing when input's being brought to you that you believe is fair and you give it you give it the credibility. That's easy to own. But what happens when the input comes to you that you either don't see or actually maybe it's wrong and it's unfair? That's where my heart of forgiveness is going to be much more tested. Right. I'll never forget one time I was younger. I think I was like 17 or 18 and I was off school one day and there was a family in the church that needed to move in a very rushed fashion. And I was off school that day and there was another two guys who were teachers and they were off school And so we went up early before everybody else got there later on after work and we're packing all day and everything else. And this family, um, I'll never forget it. They get up to the mic on Sunday and just to express appreciation and everything else. And they start going through the list of all the people who served. And I was there literally the first person there. So I'm thinking, as I'm not hearing my name called, <laughs> you're gonna have special recognition, at, special the recognition at the end. And I was totally omitted. And it was just the kindness of the Lord yes. at that moment, just to show. Here you go. You know, I, I want to show you what what are you really living for? And mm-hmm. I want to rescue you from something that's so much better. Right. You know, so much greater. And I'll never forget that. And it is so good to know that there's a loving God behind these yes. things. When our idolatry is revealed, it's to free us. You know what I'm saying? It's, yes. it's really so that we enjoy life with him and, and making it about him, not about us. Right. You know, which is what... The gospel frees us to do. Right. But it, it is it is funny how we uh, we used to call them pop quizzes. They've come up in our lives. And we're not ready. No. Just like school. We didn't study and are not no. are completely Ill-prepared. unprepared and failing miserably. And at times blaming the teacher. Yes. <laughs> Oh, if they would have just done a better job. Yeah. <laughs> but when God's giving the pop quiz, he, he doesn't let you off no, too easily. He doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, but for, in all, all seriousness, though, for our good, you know, yes. and, and that is the grace of the gospel yeah. um, that we celebrate and that we cling to and that really is so dear to us. 
Last week, just want to switch gears if I can. We talked about family meetings and their mm-hmm. importance and why we're doing them. This week, I want to just touch on it from a different angle in terms mm-hmm. of why we should participate, why we should be there at family meetings. And an angle that I want to approach it from, though, is connected to our church polity. And so the uh, connecting that to the importance and the value of family meetings. So church polity, really just what we mean real quickly is Elder-led, that's what we believe, that's what we teach, that's what we see as the biblical model. There is an accountability that way for leaders, and it is to be a plurality, all right? So about elder-led. Secondly, would be deacon-supported, all right? So we do believe in the office of deacons. The primary means for deacons and primary call is servant. I mean, that literally is what the word deacon means. And so they're to come alongside and serve and uh, in very practical ways. And we don't see a definition like they can only do this. It seems that it's the needs of the church, you know, seem to be really driving that. Um, but then, so you have elder-led, deacon-supported, and then third is member participation. In this, I want to tease this out, and we can talk about elder-led at another time and so mm-hmm. forth, deacon-supported, uh, which we are actually actively talking about in our right. elders' meetings as, right. with regards to the DIAC and how it can be more robust and so forth here. But I want to flesh out member participation, if you will. So it's not just listening at a family meeting, but it's active participation. So what does that mean, member participation to you? Well, it really means, I think, this owning the mission of the church together. That's good. It really means this preserving the unity of the church together. It means loving one another together. It means reaching our, you know, South Jersey with the gospel together. Mm-hmm. So it's loving the church and all that that entails. Mm-hmm. Functionally, what that means, I mean, there's all the service and you come to our church on Sunday mornings, there's endless service yep. from And it starts early in the morning before most people are here. And that can start in film ministry. Then you get into all the setup type teams, the parking team, and things that happen after church. So there's tremendous service. And even during church, you know, children's ministry, ushers, there's so many things that go on. That's owning the church. But there's another side of owning the church, and that's input. That's initiative. That's good. So I think we need input as elders. Right. While we are elder-run, that doesn't mean... Elders are all sufficient for no. all things. Oh, yeah. So Far from it. we need input. We need input personally. Right. So sometimes even charitable correction mm-hmm. moves the church forward. Um, so I have found people have brought correction to me, uh, not only just over the years, but recently. Mm-hmm. That's been beneficial, mm-hmm. very beneficial. Some that I would say helped me in, in just maybe doing something different. Some that was right to my heart. That's good. And actually helped me identify an area of repentance that I needed to embrace at a deeper level. Right. That only came because others brought that. And that's part of the one another's. Right. The church also loves the pastors. Right. Cares for their souls. Recognizes that they're just men. So I think input to us personally, input mm-hmm. to what we're doing as a church. Mm-hmm. So here's strengths, here's weaknesses. And I think when input comes charitably, like we're for you, we're all in. Right. It's very helpful. That And then I think also initiative. What are ideas? So we don't believe we have all the great ideas to take the church forward. What ideas do other people have? Um, so we look at something, even as our solar, the yep. solar project we're doing, that was initiated by our members. Right. They're the ones taking us forward in that. Right. Now, that's one type of initiative. We recently had a man come to our elders meeting. Right. Yeah, that was great. And he had probably 12, 15 ideas. Yep. And what was great is he recognized we couldn't do all those ideas. So he came in with a heart to not only give us the ideas, to recognize we couldn't do all the ideas and to own ideas. Right. Right. And he was actually going to participate in how could he make those ideas function. 
that puts us in a place to pray. I think we quickly identified some things we'd want to do, and then we get to be able to support his ministry initiative right. and bring our resources to bear to support his initiative. Right. We've had that from... We saw that just with the Valentine's Day. Yes. You know, um, packages and, and so forth. That was done, again, another member of our church having a heart to bless and wanting to see the church continue to minister to outsiders, those who are not in the body of Christ right. and, and ways to bless them with God's love. And, and I, I was really blessed again last week by this brother and he came with the expectation. It doesn't mean that we're going to adopt right. every one of the things that he has on there. And I think that he had some realistic expectations but I also felt like there was a real sense of, I'm here to support you guys. These right. are ideas. And it was just so helpful. I do hope that our listeners hear this and really take to heart that we do want to hear. Just to give you a heads up on the sequence on that, he basically sent one of us an email and said, hey, I'd love to be able to present these things. And what do you guys think about this? And so rather than the one person just talking with them individually, he said, this might be really good for us, you know, as a group of mm -hmm. elders. And this brother had some flexibility and we scheduled a date mm -hmm. and we could sit down together and we could all hear his heart and ask questions and so forth. And we're going to get back to him, follow up with him as we continue to plan, especially for the coming year. But it was just done so well that I hope our listeners would recognize that we, we recognize we're called to lead the church, but we're not called to lead in a vacuum and on no. our own. But we really do need and have the value of the priesthood of all believers. Yep. And that's our church members. Yep. Please, church, if you have ideas, please let us know. We would love to hear what you have and how the Lord may be stirring you. couple other items before we conclude our podcast. So what's love got to do with it? Scripture memory. When you were talking about the one question about the one-way regularity and how do we grow in remembering what God has done for us, I would say just from my own experience, it's been meditating on these passages of Scripture that the Lord has used to convict to rescue, but also to remind. And where do I go with these? So I'm the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I mean, just times where the Lord just stopped me in my tracks, right. you know? So right. you're trying to love, but you're not going to do this, brother, right. apart from me. It's so many different ways. Let no corrupting talk. Can't tell you how many times you experience mm -hmm. the conviction of the Holy Spirit, but also seeing the liberation, too, of the direction. How can I yes. really be a means of grace to others? And so that's been great. What we're going to be doing on Sunday, March 15th, uh, we'll conclude the series on March 8th, but on the 15th, we would love to do a review of all 10 of the verses mm -hmm. uh, during our Sunday morning gathering together. And if you would like to be a part of this, in reciting one of the verses. We would love to involve you. So if you are interested in doing that, you can email, you can call the church office. You can email me at jason at sgc.church. Again, it's jason at sgc.church. And I would love to go ahead and see who we have in terms of volunteers that would love to be participating in this. And again, you'd be reciting one verse, but we'd have a multitude of others from the congregation to do this together. And I really feel like it would just be a great opportunity to worship the Lord in that and to do that together. That is the announcement for what's love got to do with the scripture memory. You're going to be hearing in the next week or so, our next series that's coming up, I Am. Warren, why are we doing this series, I Am? The I Am statements in the Gospel of John are given to us by Jesus to show who he is. Mm. And when we think about John, we know why the book's written, to believe. Mm -hmm. If we think about the centrality of love, we also can think about the centrality of faith. And this helps us to believe these great truths about Jesus. So it's to draw our attention to Jesus as we go into the Easter season. Excellent. Excellent. And so we have five Sundays. Five Sundays. So starting March 15th. Yes. So really looking forward to this series. 
Warren, thank you again for taking the time to be a part of this and grateful and really do hope that this does bless our church and helps us to continue to grow and to be a church that God has called us to be, who loves him, who grows together and really is excited to share Jesus Christ with everyone you Amen. know, about what Jesus has done. Well, that is, again, another episode of Church Matters. Again, you can subscribe to us, whether through Apple Music or what have you, but please do that. And if you get a chance, please spread the word to your friends, texting them, calling them, sending out an email, or simply liking us on various social media platforms. We would greatly appreciate it. And thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.